This is Bookmarked and Busy, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Welcome to Bookmarked and Busy, a podcast where I, a fanfic reader, talk to some really cool people in the fanfiction community, from writers to artists and everyone in between. I'm here to be the middleman and get all the deets because I'm really nosy uh, on your favorite content on AO3 and beyond. With that being said, please check all the show notes. It's an 18 plus pod, so there are trigger warnings, content warnings if necessary in those show notes. Um, And this week at the time of recording, um, the Obi-Wan show started which is like really cool for those who are excited about it um i'm not one of those people but i totally get it uh and i hope that you know the show provides a ton of new fanfic inspiration for you and i will read them if you're my friend and you read it (laughs) (laughs) um my name is ren and i'm excited for this episode because um we're diving into a new fandom here on the pod um and actually a new ship that i'm not familiar with so i'm really excited to get all the juicy deeds and all this information because i knew this ship existed but i didn't understand why and i don't know anything else behind it um so yeah let's without further ado um here's my guest sarah aka paper airplanes and open oh, no, not and paper airplanes open windows see i wanted to practice that i totally blocked it up on <laughs> ao3 <laughs> how are you sarah <laughs> i'm good today was the last day of like post planning so I'm I'm a teacher. I'm done for the summer. Like Woo! officially, I've completed my first year of teaching. So, <laughs> congrats! That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. So, um, we're just gonna have to go right into the summary portion, and that's just where we talk about you and um, like your journey and fan fiction and all that stuff. So, if you want to tell us what it is that you do and how you got into reading and writing fan fiction, this is I'm, I'm excited to learn. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess I'll start with my my fan fiction journey, yeah. uh, if you will. So when I was the summer I was 11, um, my dad showed me and my middle brother Star Wars. <laughs> cool. And I loved it. Uh, original trilogy. And I was just like Googling anything Star Wars, finding anything Star Wars to just consume because it was my hyper fixation at that time. And um, at the time, my parents had a parental block on the internet on my computer Mm. that blocked like every single site. So I literally was just in like AOL search uh, because we had AOL and just typed in like Star Wars and was just like going through and it was like every other site was blocked. For oh, some wow. reason. So I I would get like 10 pages deep just trying to consume uh, content. And the, there's three things I discovered that dig, diving really deep uh, was one, that the Star Wars legends existed and that in the Star Wars legend was the character of Mara Jade Skywalker, uh, my forever girl, who I love deeply. Um, <laughs> the other thing was that they duct taped Carrie Fisher's boobs down. <laughs> Just like traumatized 11 year old me as like a concept. And then finally, like 11 pages deep, I discovered fanfic.theforce.net. So if any of your listeners was on fanfic.theforce.net, I probably read your fanfics as a little 11 year old, but only the G and PG rated ones because all of the PG 13 ones were, you guessed it, blocked by the parental. 
it's so cool like thinking about AOL the time because I also am a product of AOL um and my mom didn't do the parental blocks but she did the time limit thing so like I just remember being on AOL and thinking I had enough time to do all the stuff I wanted to do and that countdown would pop up and I'm like no I'm not talking to my friends yet oh we also had the time limit yeah oh god yeah and be clear this would have been uh summer of 2007 so like really Mm -hmm. like late in the game AOL usage yeah um so you started reading Star Wars and yes. such. What got you into writing your current ship? Which, for those listening, it's um, Clint and Natasha, Marvel Avengers. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about this ship at all. Um, like, I know they existed. They exist. And I know what little interaction I've seen from them within the the movies and stuff. But to me, it didn't register as like, they're a couple. So I'm really curious or like, and I guess, you know, they don't have to be a couple to be a ship, but Mm -hmm. that just wasn't one that I locked on to. So I'm really curious about that whole thing and and what makes people view them as like a romantic couple, if if anything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so there's one thing I want to say about that before we get into what makes Clint and Natasha work yeah. is that I love Clint and Natasha. I ship Clint and Natasha. I actually ship Clint and Natasha with Clint's wife, Laura, like even more like, okay. So like they're a couple. Love. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's most of the thing. That's most of what I think about in my brain. Well, right now it's that and it's leverage because the television show leverage has also eaten my brain. I've only written one fic for it, but it's, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen now that I've survived my first year of teaching. But yeah, so it was like, I, I first shipped Clint and Natasha, um, and then uh, I added Laura in, and then, like, that's the one I'm really fixated on. Um, but as far as um, what made Clint and Natasha work for me uh, was I got into Marvel late. So okay. I I got into Marvel fall of 2014 um, because I had, <laughs> I had just broken up with Glee, uh, mm. <laughs> which I did write fanfic for Glee. None of it's on my AO3. It's on my Tumblr, though, if you want to go digging for it. Um <laughs> So I had I had broken up with Glee and uh, whenever I get out of like one of my fandoms or one of my fixations, there's this little bit of a lull period and then there's just kind of this empty space just waiting to be taken over. And um, my uh, best friend and I were living together uh, in college and uh, they at the time were really into Marvel and watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and had seen all the movies. And it was like, oh, well, let's let's watch all the movies. Let's get you ca- caught up because you could do mm-hmm. it that back mm-hmm. then. So caught up to season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was airing at the time. Watched all the, all the movies. Um, and there was a few things that really worked uh, for Clint and Natasha uh, romantically, in my opinion. Um, there was – you could tell – like from the get in Avengers that there was a really strong bond there um, mm-hmm. because he gets, um, you know, taken over by Loki. She spends the whole rest of like the bulk of the movie when they're kind of like going up against, against Loki, like her, her focus is on him and on finding him. Like there's that scene where Coulson calls her and tells her like, 
Barton's been compromised and her whole entire focus changes. And now it's mm -hmm. about getting out of that situation to get to Clint. Um, and then, then they have that fight where she gives him the cognitive recalibration where she hits him really hard on the head. And when he, she does that, he kind of comes up from it and he calls her Tasha mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, kind of loopy. And then you have the scene um, where they're on the helicarrier together and they kind of talk about kind of what they've done um, with one another. And she's kind of like, you know, you know what I have done. Like, mm -hmm. you know what perspective I'm coming from here and he can tell that like Loki did something to her or, or push something in her. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just, it's very clear that there's a really strong bond there that could be seen as romantic, could be seen as platonic, you know, it's kind of up to the viewer. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely saw it as, as romantic. And then in Captain America, Winter Soldier, she's got her little arrow necklace that she's wearing the whole time. Um, that Scarlet picked out purposefully <laughs> mm -hmm. to wear in honor of Hawkeye. And then um, very rude of her to do that. Uh, <laughs> and then we have Age of Ultron and all the things that happen in Age of Ultron, uh, which is fine because I got a new ship out of it. They're all married. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so then I, I just, it's clear the whole time that they just had this super strong bond. And then when we get up to Endgame, spoilers for Endgame, the whole thing is like when they get up on the cliffs of Voromir, it is you must sacrifice what you love most. You must sacrifice the person you love most in the world. And I hate that Natasha died in Endgame. Yeah. Of the team we had left, that was the only pairing that made sense to go up there and made sense that they would both fight equally as hard mm -hmm. to sacrifice themselves because they love each other that much okay um, yeah yeah so like when you talk about it in that way i totally get it because <laughs> like really? as a as a marvel viewer like it's so, there's so much content with marvel that it's like to to the point where i just watch it because i know that i have to to watch oh, the next sorry. thing oh you're fine um <laughs> that I have to watch it to know what's going to happen in the next one. And that's kind of how I feel about the MCU where it's like, even if I don't want to watch it, I have to in order to watch whatever's next. Um, and so with them two, I never, uh, it never clicked to me that it was like, I saw it as platonic, but I also saw it as just like, uh, like a, they made it seem like it was like a an I owe you like I owe you then I owe you situation between them two, um, but when you kind of talk about it when you break it down movie by movie I guess yeah no that does make a lot of sense yeah. and I think that's that's really interesting and I loved his show and so I liked seeing him you know the aftermath of all of that on the show yeah. too um, so how do you feel then about this is like totally not even fanfic related, but I'm curious because mm -hmm. I didn't like it. But like the the Natasha and um, Bruce, it seemingly, oh, I it. yeah, I was like, seemingly, I feel like they're trying to like push that on us, and I didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand this this relationship or whatever no. they're trying to do. <laughs> it's, it's so weird, and it's and I don't know why it's so weird because Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo separately can have chemistry with anybody. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And for some reason, in Age of Ultron, and some of it was Age of Ultron had a terrible pacing problem. Yeah. And I know a ton of stuff was cut. And, uh, I, but I, I just cannot fathom why they just, they do not have good chemistry when I've seen both of them have, could have chemistry. Correct. Like, <laughs> like you can have feelings about either of them as people or, or things that they've said. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Everyone who is in the Marvel, uh, who is a Marvel cast member with very few exceptions, Linda Cardellini, who plays Laura Barton being one, all of them have messed up. And I think she's also messed up. So like, why did I even say that? <laughs> uh, but the only logical explanation I can think of that may partially explain it is because Scarlett Johansson was pregnant at the time with her daughter. Oh. I don't know how much filming she actually was on set doing and how much was a body double and then she was green screened on. Oh. Like genuinely. So okay. I don't know if that affected a lot of the because there's like a deleted scene that you can find on YouTube where all the cast is there and they have some kind of filter like hazy because it's set in the Sokovia. There's some kind of like weird hazy filter and she walks in and she looks fine. She looks normal. So my only thought is she recorded on a green screen after during okay. reshoots or something or and they hadn't. Yeah, that's that's my Bruce and Natasha. Uh, <laughs> that was, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the chemistry just wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the chemistry just wasn't there, and I that definitely did play a whole part of it. Cause it's yeah. just like it came out of left field for for me, and I was like, "What is this? What is this yeah. they're trying to do?" And then, yeah, it just and it I know <laughs> for a fact in the kissing scene before she shoves him off the ledge, he has confirmed he confirmed because people were asking him in interviews like, "What was it like to kiss Scarlett Johansson?" Because people are gross. He confirmed at that time that like he he was not kissing her; he was kissing a, a double. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. um, so when you uh, started writing, well, yeah, that's actually, when did you start writing um, Clint, Laura, and Natasha, and um, sort of what stories do you like to tell with them, or where are you pulling, you know, the general, the vibes of your fix from? Oh, man. So let me just explain. Uh <laughs> Yeah, what tell me everything. Makes me ship Clint and Laura, because I'm going to make you ship it. I can make anybody ship it. Once I explain it, you get it. You understand. So here's here's how it works, okay? I want you to think back to whenever you watched Age of Ultron. It's probably been a while. Uh, yeah. It's not a good movie. So there's the scene where they go to the farmhouse, and we see Laura for the time, for the first time, who is pregnant, like six months pregnant with her and Clint's third child. Okay, come in. She he's she's introduced to everybody. She has this cutesy line. She's like, I already know all of your names. The kids come in, and then Natasha goes over to Laura, or Laura goes over to Natasha. We don't see, and then the two of them talk, uh, and it kind of passes the Bechdel test. It's the only right. moment yeah. in the movie that passes the Bechdel test. But Laura says to Natasha, "Honey, I missed you," and then Natasha says. I missed you too. How's little Natasha? And huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, see. Okay. And then, and then Laura kind of winces and is like, "She's Nathaniel." And then Natasha does this like fake little betrayed face and like leans down to Laura's stomach and says, "Traitor." 
Yeah. And then the whole rest of the scene, Clint has like one arm around his oldest child, Cooper, and I think like one arm around Laura. And then Natasha's like crowded, like really close to them. Mm. I would have to rewatch that. Yes. See, I told you. Every single person that I've broken it down to that two line exchange, honey, I missed you. I missed you too. How's little. How's little Natasha goes, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, I, I do vaguely remember that part. But, yeah, it did not click that that was the whole exchange and dialogue. And now I'm like, okay, <laughs> squint. No. I think I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then we were in Laura Drought uh, for forever. And then she appeared in Endgame, which was great. I still – I maintain that – uh, if Ava Russo was not had not been recast as the middle Barton child, mm. the focus the focus should have been on Nathaniel because he's the one who's named after Natasha, especially mm-hmm. in Endgame, mm-hmm. because like that would be kind of like an easy reminder of like how much Laura and Clint love Natasha. They named a child after her. Mm. Um, same thing in um, in the Hawkeye show is like. We had more Nathaniel in that, but the focus was still kind of on Lila. So it's like, but it's like, no, it's all about his grief over Natasha. Show, show me the child that's named after her more, right. and like remind us that that was a thing. But you know, Hawkeye show still gave me some uh, sweet, sweet Clinton at Laura feelings, because um, there's just that part where uh, Laura's like, "Oh, that's one of Nat's old moves," and I was like, uh. <laughs> it's okay." <laughs> I don't need my heart. <laughs> so what? So when did, did you did you start writing those three with Age of Ultron, or did that come yes. after? Okay, uh, a little after because I went through kind of a writing drought post Age of Ultron. I just double checked. Um, my first fix on Ao3 were both posted in May of 2017. One is a just a straight up Clint. And Natasha fic, and then the mm-hmm. other is a Clinton at Laura coffee shop AU. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much a me. I saw Age of Ultron for the first time, was not happy with it, was not happy with the Bruce and Tasha thing, mm-hmm. was initially not very happy with the farm family stuff. And then I saw it a second time with a different friend. And I think that was when it clicked for me that I could either choose in this moment to be very angry and very bitter. Uh, or I could choose to uh, do the gay thing, and so I threw myself <laughs> into, the, into the, uh, the being the being the gay, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's why I think currently my Twitter handle is still Sarah won the Clintosh of course. <laughs> everyone was really upset about Laura coming back, and I was like, nope, I won. Clint has two hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. That, sorry, my mind's completely now just, like, blown over that Age of Ultron. (laughs) I told you. I can't even skip it. I I just have to explain it. Everyone thinks it's weird until I explain it. And then it's like, okay, sure. So so what are your favorite, like, situations to put them in as as a... triad and and do you write mostly AUs or do you like to do in universe stuff have you d- ever filled in I haven't read your stuff I'm sorry um cool. but sometimes I like to have conversations with people whose works I haven't read because then I get like 
to have more of it in depth and then read them after. But um, do you or have you written anything about like the snap period or? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so there is only 289 Clitnet Laura fanfics in the tag right now. Uh, 289 I, only? Only. But oh my we, gosh. As of there's this uh, person on Tumblr that does um, uh, stats, AO3 stats. Uh -huh. And as of they did a whole like polyamory, like OT3 stats uh -huh. uh, thing. And at the time, and I think we still are the largest female, female, male ship on AO3 because there's just like none of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we uh, – so I – I think because the next we were like 30 or 40 fix ahead of the next lowest, which was like an uh oh my god. Oh my god, it's not Dragon Age, it's the show with the dragons. Um uh, not Game of Thrones, right? It is Game of Thrones. That's <laughs> okay. Like it's dragons. Dragons happen in the show. Yeah, it was another like it was a it was a Game of Thrones ship under it, okay. which I, I so I can't imagine them overtaking us. Right. Um, but yeah, very proud moment. I at the time I had written eleven percent of the Clinton at Laura uh, tag. I can pull up the stats uh, and double check, but I think it was eleven percent I had written so of cool. the of the tag. Yeah, it was it was fun, and there's not a lot of fix, so it was easy to. Uh, uh, you know, do the figure it all out. Anyway, the point of that was for me to say I'm not picky because we okay. have so little. Yeah. I will read all of it and any of it and most of it. And even in my writing, most of it is kind of like figuring out how the relationship dynamic would work mm -hmm. and or like getting together um, mm. type thick. Um, so I've personally have written mostly, I have the one coffee shop AU, but mostly the stuff that I've written is uh, what my, um, what my friend Cece, who's kind of like my fanfic mom in a way, uh, my fanfic mentor, uh, she, um, she calls I, she says I write slice of life. Yeah. Um, so I've written like, uh, let's see. I wrote like I've written a lot of Christmas stories because I do a lot of events. That's pretty much the only way to get me writing. That's fair. Um, I've done. I did my big kind of. I'm back with a bang was uh, right after Endgame where I did alternate universe. Natasha shows up, so she's not there. Natasha, she's slightly off, um, and kind of like her returning and kind of them getting together in that context. Um, I have a uh, long running fanfic series called the Clinton at Laura cinematic universe, AKA gay polyamorous love stops Thanos. <laughs> good, and it's good. Uh, basically picking up from um, age of Ultron. And it postulates that uh, Nathaniel was conceived in a threesome that the Natasha freaked out about. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's why she was dating Bruce. So it's just the three of them and their feelings and dealing with it <laughs> um and it's very chaotic yeah I, like i say that it's not really angsty it's just me being extremely chaotic mm -hmm. and writing a lot of pining um and then i and i do write clint and natasha again mostly for events which is i once got an ask on tumblr from an anon that said would you ever write clint 
and Natasha without Laura. And I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I do like all the time. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that question, because like I was literally going to ask, like, is it weird to, well, okay. I know that that's not the case for all the time, but if you are someone who is attracted to those three as a pairing because of like the married life and then like the friend, would it be weird to write someone who's technically married with children in canon without anyone other than their spouse? <laughs> so maybe that's kind of where they were coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was a very weird ask to receive. Uh, I yeah. also saw a lot of stuff like around, it was like, a little bit before the Hawkeye show stuff. And there was a lot of stuff during the Hawkeye show about like, oh, if you, there was that red flag meme going on at the time. So it was like, oh, if you like Laura Barton, like several red flags. And I remember seeing one of those and it was like someone that like, I kind of hung out in the same fandom space as so I was like, I think this is about me. Oh, <laughs> but like, I thought it was funny. Cause again, I'm like, I won, I won, but like, Laura's back. They're not divorced. They're they're not yeah. just writing her off. So like I went. Uh but yeah, go back to your original question. Um it's not so like in if I'm writing Clintasha, just straight up Clintasha, not Clinton at Laura. Uh Laura doesn't exist. Okay. Um I don't even particularly like like a lot of people will pair Laura off with Barney, Clint's brother in the comics. Um in like, if they're writing like AU fix and stuff, they'll just kind of pair the two of them up together. So it's like, oh, she's here. I'm not just like writing her off. Like she's here, the kids are here, but now she's Clint's sister-in-law. Now these are her nieces and nephews. Um, and I don't hate that, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know. It makes something in my, it, I don't know. Uh, so if I'm writing Clintasha, it's like, Laura just doesn't exist. Laura's mm -hmm. just not, we're in a universe where she does not exist. The kids don't exist. Okay. It's it's just, that's just what it is. Because in my mind, if she exists, the three of them are in love. So. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. that's perfectly fair. And I totally understand. So it's just easier. So you're saying it's easier to write um, Clint and Natasha with, with um, her, like just completely either gone or as, as a different person in his life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, that's me and that's my brain. Right, like, right, right. Other people who choose to write her other ways. Um, and again, it's in the grand scheme of things, she's like this really small figure in the in the giantness of the MCU. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, either people either she's just kind of mentioned or most fics don't even have her there. Like they'll kind of be like, oh, Clint's wife and kids. And she's just not <laughs> yeah. she's just not there. Uh, people don't care about her, but that's okay because I care about her enough for, yeah, you're uh, doing it for people. everybody. Yeah. You're doing it for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, it's both because I'm gay and also because Linda Cardellini is wonderful and She's she great. deserves all the love. Yeah. Um, very excited for dead to me season three to, uh, come back this fall and possibly inspire some more fic in me. Has, have so in your writings, I, you mostly do, I, I can't really count, but you kind of float within T, TG from what I can tell just by scrolling and then some M and some E. And I know that for those ratings, it definitely differs and means something different to everyone. So when you're writing, say like, what for you is the difference between writing in M and an E versus a T, a G and a T, I guess? Yeah, so like G and T, I go off of film ratings, like genuinely. Okay. 
Okay. So I'm like, if there is, if there is swearing, if there is, well, not, not necessarily like so much swearing. Cause sometimes I'll, I'll have fix with swearing and I'll put a G in it. But it's like, if there are elements of this fic that I feel like would give it a PG 13 rating, mm-hmm. I'll slap a T on it. So like, um, a couple, a few of my fix in the, um, in that Clinton at Laura, my CNLCU, as I like to call it, um, are rated T, but I'm kind of like, well, there's mentions, there's like this overarching like mention of like the threesome they all had together. There is talk of like polyamory and like what it means and like those sort of themes. And then there's also this general kind of like tangled emotionally stuff that's a little bit more of like has more of a maturity to it maybe would be the best way to explain it. Like you wouldn't see this kind of like pining complexity, like in like a, like a Disney movie or a Pixar movie. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's a little higher up than that. So I, that's why I was kind of like, okay, like if this was a movie, it would be PG 13. So I all to be safe, I'll slap a rated T for teen um, on it. But then generally stuff that's like, you know, there's not, again, it's kind of like, well, this would be a G or PG movie, then I'll throw um, G on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between M and E for me is if we're dealing with much like more mature themes, but it's not necessarily sexual themes, I'll mm-hmm. usually throw an M on it. So like one of my fix, um, my criminal AU is rated M. But that is what the note that like, there's only one chapter of that up because that is a fic I've been, I swear to God, I've been working on since 2015. And I only published something from it because I was like, it feels really weird if we get a Black Widow movie before I publish anything of this fic. So Mm. I put like less than a thousand words of it up. Um, But that one has the note, because I swear I will finish it one day. That has a note that like, this is M for now, but it could absolutely raise to an E rating depending on like what, um, uh, what decisions I end up making with that fic. And that fic also deals with like, is going to have like character death and possibly drug abuse and generally like things that happen when you're a pickpocket in New York City and okay. stuff. So, but I don't know ne- at this point if there's national necessarily going to be like sexually explicit scenes in it mm-hmm. um and once i come to that point haha pun not attended <laughs> um, i will raise the rating and note accordingly um e for me is just kind of like like straight up if it's if it's sexually explicit it gets okay an e. it gets an e rating that makes sense and i really uh when you say you put it in like movie terms i totally can understand it from that perspective mm-hmm. um because yeah like some people will slap an e if it just has like no sex but it has like anything that would be considered like a far more adult theme and i guess that's why i'm like it all means something different to everyone mm-hmm. so i'm kind of, yeah and i mean i guess you also don't want to risk someone reading it who maybe like did it want to read that and it didn't have the right rating on it or what have you so there's a tricky place is what i'm finding out with when talking to you guys (laughs) like you could easily mistag something and someone could get like upset about it or you know not tag something and someone could get upset about it yeah Yeah. i'm just kind of like i feel like if you're looking for e-fix you're looking for sexually explicit fix right if you're looking at m you might be looking again more mature themes like you might want to be reading a fic where 
Clint is struggling with the loss of Natasha after uh, after Endgame and is like engaging in self destructive behaviors. That mm -hmm. I would throw as, as an M because I'm like, well, there's not explicit sex unless there is between him and Laura, both of them dealing with their shared grief over their wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but like, if it's just kind of like, like again, like self Clint's nasty habit of being self destructive, I would throw that into like an M fic. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so what uh, other ships do you, well, obviously I don't think you're, you had one other AO, uh, fic on yours that wasn't Clint and Natasha. Um, and I don't know, what's that ship from? <laughs> oh, was that, uh, that was my leverage fic? Oh, I okay. I haven't watched Leverage. <laughs> you should watch so. Leverage. Everybody should watch Leverage. Uh, just uh, know that if you watch Leverage, it will most likely eat your brain and then you won't be able to do anything ever again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Leverage is one of those shows that like for years, people were like, Sarah, you got to watch Leverage. There's an OT3 and like, there you're going to love Parker. She's like your kind of character. And I was like, mm, stars don't align. Not today. <laughs> and then uh, last summer, I was like, uh, hey, I want to watch something that will like help me with writing the criminal AU that I'm eternally struggling with. And mm -hmm. my very good fanfic friend, Cece, uh, and my other good fanfic friend, uh, Aspie, were like, well, what if you watch Leverage? Like, I hear that the pickpocketing stuff is like legitimate and like the heists that they pull, because it's a con and heist show, is like, uh, like they're all fairly accurate. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'll watch Leverage. I'll be able to watch this casually and not form an emotional connection to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, did you did you know that if you get too much dopamine, you can become manic? And in my case, if I watched more than three episodes in a row, um, I became manic. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I I mean that sort of makes sense. <laughs> That's some of the stuff that I've definitely binge watched before. Um, but yeah, no, I never, I didn't know like that was. A... So yeah. I'm looking at the cast of the show and I see some faces that I do know from other things that I truly enjoy. Mark Shepard being one of them. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm interested. I'll, it's on, I've been, yeah. it's on Amazon and it's free with ads. Okay. Uh, if you want to get, and it recently got a uh, revival with most of the main cast. Oh, cool. um, that is actually pretty good. I My main complaint is that uh, some of their cons are not as good as they were in the original, but like mm -hmm. you take what you can get. And my other complaint, which is nobody's fault, is their hacker character, um, Hardison, who is played by Aldous Hodge. He has he's really blown up in the past couple of years and he has other like acting commitments. Like he's going to be in the black Adam movie that's coming oh, out. Cool, cool. So he was not available for all of their filming. So they brought uh, in his, uh, a, another hacker character who's his younger foster sister. Mm. Kind of fill in his space in the team. Um, but he's the, he's like the one thing. And again, it was like, he, they all did their best to like get him for as much as they could. And like he was committed. It was just, he had other stuff he had to do, but they deal really well with his absence. Like he's still a character. They talk about him all the time. Um, the OT three is still, is still real. Even if it's not, it's debatable if it's canon or not. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, so are there other, cause you said you started with Star Wars. Have you written Star Wars or do you have plans to write Star Wars or what other ships do you have that you might consider writing for? 
Yeah, so um, I technically I've written Star Wars, but I wrote it when I was 11 and there was a self insert character and I don't even if any of it was typed up, I'm never letting it see the light of day. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, but thinking back on it, I realized that not just with that story, like lots of other stories I wrote when I was like younger, I always had this trope that I always wrote where it was like I had my self inserty type main character and mm -hmm. then she had her love interest some boy because this was before I realized I wasn't I was bisexual mm -hmm. um and then she always had like this girl best friend that she was like really like really intensely they were like really intensely devoted to one another and that girl best friend would also love the boyfriend and you see where this is going right mm -hmm. and um <laughs> They all were like really close, really tight knit. And then it hit me a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, I was just writing like baby's first OT3s my entire childhood, apparently. Um, uh, yeah, so I wrote, that was all I wrote of Star Wars. And then I wrote, uh, embarrassingly, I have some like Alice in Wonderland fan fiction up on ff.net somewhere, but not like normal Alice in Wonderland. I'm talking about the Tim Burton 2010 movie oh and that <laughs> up on fanfiction.net and occasionally i get notifications for it on my email and i'm like who's reading this in the year of our lord 2022 but okay um then i moved to glee and i did write glee i wrote i was a big clane shipper so i wrote some kurt and blaine um fic uh read a lot of kurt and blaine fic that was around the time that i discovered ao3 okay i basically switched there fully um and then yeah and then once like i said i broke up with glee then it was marvel and then as soon as my interest in marvel started to wane the leverage came and gripped it just okay. consumed my brain it's yeah it was so weird it was we were two weeks out from the black widow movie the only thing that i had like wanted and had been like dying over like for the past like since probably 2015 i've wanted a black widow movie we're two weeks out from seeing black widow and all i can talk about is leverage uh <laughs> it, was, it was very fun for everybody and by fun i mean i don't know how fun it, I, I was having a good time so how how did you how did you feel about the Black Widow movie? Again, we're not, we're kind of moving away from the fanfic for a second because yeah, that's fine. I um, I watched it and I was in the camp of like it's too late because <laughs> like we got it after she already died. And for me, it was like I can't like I can't I have no uh, connection because I know she's already gone and I know that technically the movie is supposed to be like a prequel of sorts but i don't know it was just really hard for me to connect and like like just be interested in it because i wanted it to be i wanted that movie to come in way earlier than we actually got it and i don't know why we never we didn't get it earlier but um so for me like i just i i couldn't connect i couldn't really have any sympathy with anything going on even though i really wanted to <laughs> and then like you know knowing what we know of what happens to her um just yeah so how did you feel about it i'm curious because like you write you write the fan fiction so like you have yeah. you have her in your story so was that a beneficial thing for you or were you just like meh <laughs> yeah so i i really loved the movie 
Um, I really love the movie. It, it definitely like just, yeah, it, um, I don't even really know what to say. Like I, I did really love it. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of stuff that felt very like, this is for Natasha fans, like the ones that have been like wanting the movie the whole time. And I think that's why it didn't like, like for a lot of fans like you, it felt too late. Like it felt like it didn't. And especially like kind of kicking off phase four, quote unquote, it, it sat in kind of a weird place, which I completely Mm -hmm. understand. But for me, like someone who has been like, wanting a black widow movie and seeing like speculation about like what a black widow move black widow movie could look like for like so long like when the opening credits hit i was like this looks like a fan edit that someone would made on tumblr okay like, in like a good way, a good way. Like, okay in like, in like a good way like i i love tumblr i'm still on tumblr uh-huh. so like like when it looked like black like ha- like excited like black widow speculation like this is what it could look like and then now it's in the movie um however it didn't contribute to my fanfic sandbox um but i again i'm i operate for my marvel fan- fanfic i operate in a very like niche area you know mm-hmm. um and it's uh and it didn't contain anything of like the farm family it can it gave a little bit of like clint and natasha backstory that like could be played with and it gave a little bit of context to like her um entry into shield Mm. which now that we know that laura (laughs) is a former shield agent like Mm -hmm. that could be something (laughs) i could play with yeah uh, someday but it was mostly about like her origin and like the red room and about her family, like showing like the Avengers were her family. Um, here is her other family. Here's almost her family of origin and how they shaped her, even though at a certain point she was not with them anymore. Right. Um, which doesn't really go with my fanfic, but I could mm-hmm. absolutely see if the inspiration strikes, I could see myself using uh, Yelena Molina or Alexi for a fanfic um, down the road. Yeah. Um, I'd also, the really the big thing that sat weird with me was the fact that Alexi, the Red Guardian, was her uh, father figure because in the comics, he's her husband. Oh. Uh, so I felt weird about that when they announced that casting. And like it, it ended up working out. I still don't know why they went with, I guess Red Guardian's more recognizable than her weird creepy uncle father figure uh ivan petrovich in the uh comics so Mm. i I guess red guardian's more recognizable but mm, there was a long time after they announced the casting of uh god the guy from stranger things david something whatever his last name is um when they announced his casting they're like oh he gets to play another like russian dad and i was like we don't know if he's playing the dad yeah Please, guys, <laughs> be a little careful right now because, uh, but it worked out. Yeah. Uh, um, and then how did um, the Hawkeye show affect your writing, if at all? Um, It didn't really affect my writing, uh, mostly because, again, it's my first year of teaching and I have not been writing. Gotcha. I've been okay. surviving. Uh, but Valid. <laughs> yeah, I, 
it, I would argue that long term, it will absolutely affect my writing more than Black Widow movie because again, it gave us more Laura. It gave us like it returned us to the farm. We got to see the house again, which I have feelings about the houses <laughs> that I'm not going to get into right now. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a conspiracy board. Um, anyway, uh, and like we got to see the kids. We got to like we got like the introduction to Kate. We got to kind of see like Clint bringing Kate home for Christmas, which if you think about it, it could parallel like him bringing Natasha home for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and a big part of that show, a big theme of that show was like this grief for Natasha. And I, I really feel like giving the fans a space to grave, grieve Natasha, like with Clint and his family um, that I, I really liked. So that will definitely, when I have, um, you know, time to actually sit down and write that will absolutely affect my writing. If only that it confirms what we Laura fans have suspected for a long time, that she's a former shield agent. Right. I had, I did not see that coming and I thought it was really cool. Um, Cause it's like, good. She's like more than just wife. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, good for her. She deserves <laughs> to be more than just wife. Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, with, Clinton, Natasha, because again, I mean, you've definitely given me a lot to think about um, <laughs> in terms of them and then with Laura. Um, and do you see yourself like staying within that fandom and that realm and, and still contributing more down the line, even though like one part of that <laughs> love, love triangle ish of sorts is no longer in the MCU. Um um, I think so. It's hard because my brain is so just very much like once I'm done, I'm done. And I'm gotcha. I'm definitely done with the M- like, okay, I don't want to say I'm definitely done with the MCU. It's just I watched WandaVision, I saw Black Widow movie, and then it was just like I pieced out. Uh because okay. it was like I haven't seen Shang-Chi, I haven't seen Eternals, I didn't watch Loki, I haven't watched Moon Knight. I tuned in for Hawkeye because I'd been waiting for Hawkeye. I was excited for Hawkeye. Um I only saw Spider-Man because my dad and my brothers were going to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I vaguely feel the inkling to go see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but my best friend, who I normally would have gone and seen the movie with, saw it when they were on their Disney cruise. <laughs> so, And then it's like, and you know, I'm not one to watch. Like, I definitely feel like I can keep up without watching all the itty-bitty little pieces, you know? Yeah. But it's like, once you kind of stop watching it's just it it's so easy to snowball um for sure so i'm excited about she hulk i'll probably tune in for she hulk but we'll also see because i think it comes out right around my birthday which is right around when school starts back so uh yeah um yeah so it's but i was a little bit worried because i was like oh what if you know i kind of lose my love for Clinton Aunt Laura and I'm kind of the Clinton Aunt Laura champion that's keeping this tiny little fandom going, mm-hmm. you know, uh, seven years out from age of Ultron. Um, but then I've discovered that my brain is just made for ping ponging OT three feelings back and forth at all times. Um, Cause while I'm very fixated on leverage now in that OT three, it's like sometimes uh, it just because they're both couples and their best friend, like that's that's oh, the vibe. Okay. They're both couples and their best friends, so it's just kind of like, oh, I can just kind of use 
different feelings, but also they can be the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And then someone wrote for me uh, for Christmas, a a Leverage OT3, a a Parker, Hardison and Elliot um, uh, celebrity AU. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I'm going to write a Clinton at Laura celebrity AU question mark. So yeah, uh, yeah, (laughs) I think it'll be really cute. Uh, Mostly I want to write, I, I have an idea for it. I've outlined it and it's poking fun at uh, shipping culture and a little bit, I'll be honest, at Clintasha shipping culture. I say as someone who is still like a fan of Clintasha and enjoys Clintasha and reads Clintasha fic and is in a Clintasha discord with Clintasha people. (laughs) Um, But definitely poking fun of it. And I just really want to write the moment where like Laura tweets out, hey, at Clint Barton, I hear we're getting a divorce. And uh, (laughs) because... people spy at a premiere or something people again this is barely fleshed out and also i have a tendency to abandon my fic ideas but i'm hoping if i tell enough people about this one i'm forced to finish it but i was like yeah so what if they spot clint and natasha backstage just not like having a moment like just touching foreheads or something and um you know and and the people go wild with that and then Laura tweets out, hey clint i hear we're getting a divorce and like how would people (laughs) react like how would the internet react to that that would be fun yeah. um so yeah um but now i have slightly more free time so maybe i'll get on that yeah i mean you'll be out for summer and mm-hmm. i mean i don't necessarily think if you don't want to catch up on the mcu like i definitely that's a lot of content to have to consume so much it's a lot because um, like, like you said like once you stop and then it builds up because that happened to me because i absolutely did not want to see ant-man 2 so like i i've seen them all i don't worry i've seen them all okay. but like at the time i was like i just don't I don't care. So I had stopped because I hadn't seen that one. I didn't see any of the other ones after that. So I I remember sitting at home one day and watching like five MCU movies Mm -hmm. because I was like, I need to, I'm just going to catch up. And then I did it. It's a lot, a lot to consume. So now I just sort of, I got to do it as we go, which is like, so it's slightly frustrating because like we're still Mm -hmm. in a pandemic guys. And then it's just like, you can only see them in movies until they go on streaming. But by the time they go on streaming, everyone spoiled everything. So like I somehow managed to avoid a ton of spoilers for no way home before I went to go see it or no, before I watched it uh, at home mm-hmm. on prime. And then I was like, I have to just go see Dr. Strange. Otherwise someone's, someone's going to spoil it for me. So I like forced myself to go to the theater to go see it. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah like i mean some of the ones that you haven't seen are pretty good shows included but i do understand mm-hmm. it could be completely overwhelming to like have to to catch yeah. up on it all. <laughs> oh man i love and man too like okay black widow holds a very very sp- special place in my heart obviously yeah. ant-man 2 might genuinely be my favorite marvel movie okay i'm glad so i i know people like them i just oh controversial i don't like the original, to... like so, original ant man yeah i, I mean, love ant man too controversial thing for me to say and i've said it before but there's just something about paul rudd that just grinds my gears and yeah. i'm just like <laughs> just could i didn't like the first one and then the second one i was like i don't want to watch another movie where paul rudd's just paul rudd <laughs> that is absolutely fair see yeah. i love ant-man too because it's got uh it's got some really good Hope Van Dyne and it's got right. Janet back. And I, yeah. I love Janet like in the yeah. comics and in other scenes. Like I love having her back. And I love that like in that one, they weren't afraid to drag Hank Pym 
uh, right. a lot because I hate Hank Pym. And I love that at the end, I get to see Hank Pym die. Like, that's yeah. what really makes that film for me. Is I get, <laughs> like, it's it's pretty good and it's fun. And I love, like, Jimmy Woo trying to chase uh, Paul Rudd down for a date across mm. San Francisco. Because it's a date. You know it's not actually trying to arrest him. Um, <laughs> And I love that, like, after the first movie where we had that really cliche, like, stepfather, bio dad, like, conflict, I love that they're, because I'm all about family, I love that they're a family and Ant-Man yeah. too. Um, and, like, the, and it's played for comedy, but the fact that, like, when he's finally released from house arrest and he goes and to see Cassie and his ex-wife and the stepdad runs out and gives all of them, like, the biggest hug. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just... <laughs> I'm uh, I'm all about the family, man. That's why that's how Leverage got me because it's about the family, that. and Agents of Shield got me because it's about the family, and yeah, uh, Clinton at Lawrence about the family. <laughs> so you, yeah, you just have a type, you just have a thing oh, that I you like to watch and and write about, and I think that's really oh, always. cool. I think that's cool. Have you ever um, written or thought about writing Clinton Natasha with with? Do you do you retcon the fact that she can't have kids, or do you? subscribe to that because i actually so really hate that a lot but like a question um, yeah i liked how they dealt with it in black widow i really did how they yeah. kind of like turned that moment on its head um in like the clinton at laura cinematic universe uh because that one's very much a fix things we're all happy everyone's happy gay polyamorous love save the universe because gay polyamorous love can save the universe mm -hmm. um I have toyed with the idea of writing a one shot in there where she and Natasha and Laura have kind of like a girls only weekend. They leave Clint and the kids at home. And in that fic, they discuss possibly having a, like another child on purpose that would be all three of theirs. Okay. Um, and kind of, but I, I haven't really played with that because then I would have to consider uh, kind of Natasha's childbearing status um mm. unfortunately um which i think i would end up when i had thought about it previously and this would have been like a year and a half ago at least when i was thinking about it mm -hmm. um would probably be something about like maybe laura would have to like carry the child but it could be like natasha's eggs or something mm -hmm. um you might want to put a trigger warning on this for yeah we will <laughs> yeah we will um, so but i in most of my fix, it's like it's not, it's just not a consideration. Um, mm -hmm. Or in fix, I have thought of writing, which I, I don't think I ever will would at this point. I did have a fic plan at one point where, in the context of Clinton at Laura, Natasha did become pregnant, and it mm -hmm. was um, just, just weird slip something. Um, you know, egg happened to get through. Um, but yeah, it's just not something I usually really think about in the context of fic besides that one that I I did think about um because usually it's not relevant to what right. I'm writing I will say yeah um but yeah no it's absolutely how that was handled in Age of Ultron is like oh yeah the pinnacle of like the horridness of Age of Ultron the only yeah. saving grace is uh the the polyamory <laughs> <laughs> correct yeah and I, and I just want to preface by saying that yeah I I when I say I didn't like it, I meant in context of Age of Ultron. I didn't mean like, you know, people who can't have kids. I don't, yeah. you know, but yeah. Cause like when they, when they dropped that little tid, that little nugget and how it was delivered, I was like, oh, that's nasty. Oh, it's so nasty. <laughs> and as someone who really wants kids, um, like, at, like absolutely like, like 
probably in the next five years, I will be having kids, whether it's like single mom by choice or I'm able to find a partner, which I'm a romantic. So right. that adds a whole extra layer of difficulty. Um, but it's like as someone who really wants kids and sometimes it's hard for me to fathom like people not wanting kids, but I try because if you don't want kids, you shouldn't have them. I'm like, that is awful to say that you are a monster if you're unable oh, to yeah. have chill. That's like, that is just so I, I, and it's the, and the really like fucked up thing is that I think like Laura and the kids were supposed to be like a parallel or like a foil of like, this is what Natasha can't have. Oh, I think I can't because there's also that weird foreshadowing where they're trying to convince you that Clint's gonna die. That movie is so weird. That I don't really like. Weird. I uh, it's not the worst Marvel movie by any means, but it's right. after some of them have come out. But it's just oh, uh, just what what was ha what was going on? Were, yeah. were people just not telling Joss Whedon no? Were people just scrambling because <laughs> they couldn't get Scarlet for stuff? Was like, what happened? Why did they build an entire house in England? And I can't figure out where that house is supposed to be. <laughs> and then in Endgame and in Hawkeye, it's a different house. And we're all supposed, and people sometimes don't remember that it's different houses. Where is the first house supposed to be, Ren? This is the conspiracy board I told myself I wasn't going to pull out. But here it is. The house is a different house. And it's prettier because the house in Endgame and Hawkeye is this random house outside of, of Atlanta. And I know the address because I found it in my research trying to discover where the first house is. But the first house was built in a park in the UK for the purposes of filming. And I presume was just dropped to the ground once it was done. So where is it supposed to be? I don't think That's it's crazy. supposed to be Iowa. People are like, it's Iowa. It was never confirmed to be Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> the second house is in Missouri. In the Hawkeye behind the scenes, they say it's Iowa. It can't be Iowa because in Endgame, there's a truck parked in the front yard with a Missouri license plate on it. That's so funny. If anyone is listening that knows the answer to this question, <laughs> if anyone at Marvel happens to stumble upon this episode, can you please... One let us know day, where the houses are. <laughs> I'm going to do something insane. Like I'm going to drop $3,000 on an Age of Ultron filming script because then I'll know. Then I'll know and I'll get the filming script and I'll flip through it really fast to get to the page where they go to the Barton house and it's going to say undisclosed secret location in big letters and oh, I'll cry. For sure. It probably will. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think they know where it's supposed to be. That's so, so funny. I just oh want someone gosh. at Marvel to confirm, please. <laughs> Let me live. These are the things that keep us up at night. <laughs> Genuinely. I've had some, like, insomniac 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to search for that goddamn house again. <laughs> I mean, like, when you're really ass deep in a fandom or, like, in, or any situation, I totally get it. Because that's, that's how I am, like, with the... Um, with the the twilight saga because i'm still into it and i'm <laughs> so happy that i live in um washington because i could go to majority of the location <laughs> i've been to a few of the locations and i'm always just like so like the first time i went on a tour of some of them with my friends we went to um we went over to oregon um to st helens and um did all the locations there and then i'm like so this building was 
from this scene and it used to look like this they had like all these screenshots of like what it looked like and i'm like when you really like a fandom like when you're really hardcore like the filming locations are just as important as everything else so i totally yeah. get it we will find out where these houses are <laughs> yeah well the, the second one i'm pretty content to be in missouri and i'm really mad if hawkeye when hawkeye show was like oh iowa like and not in the show it was like in a commentary they mentioned iowa and it was like kind of in the context of like the comics but a bunch of people were like oh it's supposed to be in iowa and i'm like no it's missouri there's a license plate in the front yard and it's deliberate because they filmed in georgia so if it mm. wasn't like, so they either they had someone on set that had Missouri plates and didn't realize it was on uh, on camera, which, mm -hmm. which could happen. Which it could, it happen. could happen. Absolutely. Yeah. It was <laughs> deliberate. They deliberately put Missouri plates on a vehicle. Yeah. Like, that's, I, anyway, that's, I'll, <laughs> I'll put the conspiracy board away. I'll shut up. <laughs> So um, the next part we're just gonna kind of dive into, which is just like the notes section. So I, it's kind of like how AO3 is laid out, um, and yeah. on this section is where we kind of just go over um, anything that we touched on, or if you want to touch on anything that we talked about, and like you know in the conversation, or if you want to bring up anything that, um, to talk about on the pod, it's kind of like an open floor to just kind of add some yeah. ending convos. Sure. I think you asked me a while back uh, what my Star Wars ships are and if uh, I would write it. And I think I just went full stream ahead with like OT3 nonsense. Oh, no, it's is, fine. I love it. <laughs> um, so my big Marvel ship, not Marvel ship, I'm sorry, Star Wars ship is uh, Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade because okay. um, I discovered Mara Jade and I was like, oh, she's a pretty redheaded lady with a purple lightsaber. Purple is my favorite color. <laughs> and I didn't know there could be purple lightsabers. So I love her. And she has my undying devotion. And at the time, so, okay. So we watched the original trilogy. And then my brother started having lightsaber battles in the living room. So mom said no more Star Wars. So I didn't see the prequels until I was an adult. Um, but I read the Star Wars novels. So I got very attached to Mara Jade. Um, and I will read Luke and Mara fanfic. I'm not, I'm not never saying never. Uh, I don't think I'll ever write it though, mostly because I don't have a great gap grasp of like the canon and like stuff that, because it's been a long time since I've read the books and stuff. And a lot of the people who write Luke and Mara fanfic are like OG fans from the 90s. <laughs> and early mm -hmm. 2000s that just have it sometimes it feels like just have this like encyclopedia of knowledge and i'm like i really love your stuff i don't think i could ever write it but like please keep doing so mm -hmm. um, but yeah so when the the movies came out um i enjoyed parts of the movies i enjoyed some of the new characters but i was overall like pretty divorced from it because i was like well they're never gonna put my favorite character in um and that's fine, because I don't know if I want them to touch her. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so uh, love Mara Jade. Um, but yeah, other notesy stuff. What was kind of the notes prompt again, since I was thinking about the oh. <laughs> No, no, it's just like an open floor. If you want to yeah. like bring up anything else, talk about anything else. Uh, if you'd seen Leverage, I would take this time to talk about how Parker from Leverage is autistic, and I'm going to make a a video essay I think this summer or at least an essay essay about how uh it's 
sort of about how she's autistic, but also mostly about like word of God in uh, television shows and how it gets complicated with multiple showrunners. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won't know what I'm talking about because you haven't seen that. No. <laughs> but I mean, other people could have, other people listening might have seen it. So <laughs> yeah, I'll do a little TLDR of it. And then, you know, if I do end up making it happen and posting it, you can always uh, uh, retweet it so that I can, yeah. um, because my Twitter is private, so my middle schoolers don't find me because oh, they do. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they know I write fan fiction because I told oh. them. Because oh. I love encouraging their creative endeavors. And they're like, what sort of fan fiction do you write, Miss Paper Airplanes? Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to tell you because it's incredibly niche and you will be able to find me because uh-huh. they would be able to find me if I told them. I, First of all, if I was comfortable telling them that I wrote a polyamorous ship, which I'm not. If I told them I was able to, I shipped Clinton, I don't know, they'd find my fic immediately. Right. So they're like, so what kind of fic do you write? And I'm like, well, I write Marvel fanfic and I write some other stuff. And they're like, so you write Loki fanfic. And I'm like, I don't. don't." And they don't believe me. They're convinced I write Loki fanfic. So I just must be that chaotic. Um, uh, So you, do you, do you let your students write um, fanfic in in the classroom? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. So I had a, I had a student who was uh, writing a Percy Jackson fan fiction, Aww. and he was also writing a like a, a some sort of Gensh- Genshin Impact. This is where I'm going to sound confused. Genshin Impact, Amber XU fanfic, uh, which another one of my students that I regularly talk to about fanfic, she got really excited about. So. That must be interesting. Uh, and when we did standardized testing, like they had to be quiet. And I was like, all right, guys, you can do any of the following. You can put your head down and go to sleep. You can read a book. You can watch the documentary I'm putting on about sharks. You can write fan fiction. And all the kids were like, oh, my God, she said the word fan fiction. She knows what a fan fiction is. <laughs> yes. In fact, if you're writing a fan fiction, come talk to me about it. I'll talk to you about fan fiction. I'm trying to convince them all to get off Wattpad. Yeah. And move to AO3 because on one hand, like the AO, I don't know if I should really be recommending uh, 12 and 13 year olds to be on AO3, but it's better than Wattpad and right. better than fanfiction.net. So I feel a little weird about it, but also I'm like, the Wattpad's not any better. Mm-hmm. Not that I've really been on Wattpad, but I will absolutely totally admit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love my students. I love their weird little fanfics. And when they, and I say that with love, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I love when they try to convince me to watch anime so I understand their fanfics. And I'm like, <laughs> no. Nah, just read the wiki. <laughs> I, I watch one show and that's Lafitch. And that's all my brain. My brain is like, we're not going to watch anything new. We're just going to rewatch episodes of Leverage. Yeah. That's kind of me right now. I So TV shows are a lot harder for me to get into. I love movies just because it's one and done. I can sit down and watch it. That's it. Shows are a lot harder for me to get into. But when I find a show that I like, then I'm like, all right. So like right now, <laughs> I'm channeling my inner old old person and it's Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> uh, which is like a fantastic show. <laughs> um, I love Murder, She Wrote. It's the perfect like granny show to watch. Um, but... Uh, yeah, or I'll just rewatch something I've already seen because it's like I already know what happens. It's comfortable, so I don't have mm-hmm. to like worry about it. So anything new right now that's not shorter, like the MCU shows are usually just like six episodes. Mm-hmm. I can I can do that. 
because it's like one a week it comes out weekly and you just watch it but yeah i can't yeah. it's a lot harder for me to like watch a, a long form show that's got a lot of seasons but um but yeah anyway <laughs> um cool so wrapping up going down to the kudos section i was asked two questions well one question one prompt the one question is um what is one thing about the fan fiction community community that you enjoy slash like and why and it could only be one thing Ooh. <laughs> um I'm going to have to say the community because, like, I've made some of my best friends um, from fan fiction, like, genuinely. Like, um, my friend Cece, who I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, she's Kiss Me Cassie on um, – so that's Kiss underscore me underscore Cassie on AO3. Her fic is lovely. Please read it and please give her kudos because I love her dearly. Um, like, she's – like, like I said, like, I think I've – described her earlier as like my fanfic mom or my fanfic mentor, but like genuinely like she's like one of my favorite people. Mm -hmm. um, and I've made like so many other like just amazing friends through fan fiction, um, like whole communities. Like we have a little Clintasha discord where we all hang out and everyone's super chill and accepting and doesn't mind that I'm mostly, mostly OT3, but you know, so long as I'm still there to have fun and ship Clintasha, like they're happy I'm there. And yeah, just, just the people. <laughs> mm hmm. I really love everybody and my, yeah. you know, my little fanfic circle. It's great. That's really cool. And like, I love when that, like, I love every answer right here, but I love that majority of everyone that's been on so far. It's like the community. And I'm like, see, like the fanfiction community. And I'm trying to tell people it's like one of the best spaces to be in. Like, no matter what you write, you have your little, your little bubble of friends and mm -hmm. like everyone's just really nice <laughs> um and it's like one of my favorite spaces to be in uh and the already sort of touched on this one but if you have a different person um i like to do like an author shout out so if there is someone that you're reading or someone that you think people yeah. should check out um let me go to my bookmarks even though i'm not great about keeping up with my bookmarks i've mostly been reading um leverage fic which most of those fics are very much like um like getting together or like relationshipy fics there's this really good fic called opening the door by cory bird for anybody who likes uh leverage where it's about um it's set during the current like revival and basically kind of speculates like what them getting together in this new uh, in the new revival when they've been like together as a team for 10 years, what them getting together romantically would look like. And it's okay. lovely. Um, my friend um, on AO3, she's Annabelle underscore Priscilla underscore McQuillan, I think is how you say that. She has a fanfic series, a long running fanfic series called A Court of Three Strands that is mostly uh peggy steve and bucky oh um but has background clinton at laura which is how i found it and she is absolutely the sort of author that's like be the change you want to see in the world so all of her fic has like really like detailed like all the characters have like detailed like religious histories and like marginalized like identities that are like really well researched clearly and like you know, just, I don't really know how to explain it. It's both mm -hmm. very good, like polyamory fic and like family fic. And also it's got really good Avengers relationships um, in it. 
and it's uh really good and i really like it um let me recommend um and then we'll link everything mentioned yes. in the show notes so um if you want to send those over to me I'll yeah let them. me send them to you while i'm thinking about it as okay. i'm like as i'm <laughs> so that it doesn't become wait that's not the fic i want to link you <laughs> this one is um there's like this like one big quintessential clinton at laura fic and i'm blanking on the name of it because it's older and it's been a while since i've read it but like the core to three strands oh, let me link you my friend Kiss me Cassie too, who writes like she's been writing fanfic since the 90s. She had a oh. geo series. I love her. Um, and so she writes, she has like West Wing fic. She was really into West Wing back in the day. So if that interests anybody. <laughs> Another show I've never seen. <laughs> yeah. I, one day I'm going to watch it without telling her. And I'm going to write her a fic and just Aww. be like, okay. <laughs> But maybe she'll listen to this and that'll spoil it. Um, so two Clinton at Laura fix. The first one is an explicit fic called She's My Cherry Pie. And it's uh, Laura and Natasha like on their own, but in the context of Clinton at Laura. So like Clint appears at the end and is very upset that he's missed. Not very, like jokingly upset that he's mm. missed the sexy times. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's very good. Um, and... Where is the, oh, there it is. Um, Nor Need We Power or Splendor. It is a uh, OT3 fic that came out uh, pretty quickly after Age of Ultron that is almost 250,000 words, 18 chapters. And it's the story of how Clinton, uh, Clinton at Laura like got together and then broke up and then got back together again. Okay. Uh, post Age of Ultron. And like that's the one that I feel like like after Age of Ultron, the people who are kind of willing to be like, okay, yeah, I guess I could see that. Uh, that was the big one that was like being recommended. Um, okay. And that author has since left. It's basically me and my five th friends that I drug into this mess with me. Um, <laughs> but you know what? One of my uh, in real life friends who reads my fic she told me that uh, she now sees my thick as canon. <laughs> and sometimes she forgets yeah. when watching the MCU that Clinton and Laura are not actually together. And I was like, oh, that's like the highest compliment I could get. Yeah, you know what? That's that's kind of how I feel about canon, canon verse um, Star Wars fix because I'm mm -hmm. always upset that like, why didn't this happen in the movies? So I can't read a lot of canon verse um, writing. Because we, you guys are so good at writing stuff all the time that I'm just like, this feels like it should have been in the movie. It would have been better than the movie that we got. So, like, <laughs> I totally understand, like, thinking of yeah. the writing canon. Um, I'm going to do a shout out for uh, one fic called Thin Ice by Purple Sugar Quills. And it's linked to, down below. It's a Raylo um, fake dating uh, hockey AU. And Ooh. it is at the time of recording four out of five chapters done so it's almost over um but yeah a little short one i think it's really cute um it's got a character in it that i if anyone is listening and they write um 
I don't really Beaumont Ken. I don't know who this guy is in Star Wars, so I want to know who this guy is and why he's him. why he always plays always a shitty boyfriend. So like, is he a bad character? I'm, I'm <laughs> like, gonna Google him. <laughs> I don't know who he is either. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I his names are uh, popping oh. up. Oh. <laughs> Okay. I was the Lord of the Rings guy. <laughs> yeah. He's the weird guy that like they used to replace Rose. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I blanked that out entirely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I get it now. I Whoops. get it. Like that actor seems to be a nice guy, but oh, yeah. I don't like that JJ Ryan was like, Yeah, I'll bring my good buddy in to be in a Star War and we're gonna forget about Rose. I'm so mad about that. You know what? I think that's why I was like, Who is this guy? I could have Googled it easy, but I was like, Who is this guy? And now I know why I just refuse to acknowledge this character character because yeah you're right like why did they use him to boot out rose okay anyway beaumont sucks <laughs> and <laughs> he plays um a boy the ex-boyfriend who dumps her and yeah anyway uh yeah so i'll link that down below it's, it's been a really fun read so far um cool well where can people find you online oh, okay oh and i should also do my little disclaimer here too uh, yeah. please, thank you. Uh, so you can find me in the following places. You can find me on Tumblr at paperairplanesopenwindows.tumblr.com. You can find me on AO3 at paperairplanesopenwindows. You can also find me on Twitter at the Sarah Renee, which is T-H-E-S-A-R-A-R-E-N-E-E. -E -E. Uh, I am private, so you would have to request to follow me. But if you do follow me, please know that I uh tweet a lot about my ot3s and also how much i love the movie jaws it's my favorite movie <laughs> um so you should also follow me on twitter right now <laughs> uh but Just that goes with my disclaimer uh so as mentioned i am a middle school teacher and i used to do a lot of film stuff and it is incredibly easy to uh, find my uh, real life name in connection to my fandom stuff in that I have stuff with my real name on Tumblr if you dig far enough for it. And I would just like to gently request that uh, nobody uh, send that to my employer because mm -hmm. I am a queer teacher in the state of Florida and think of all the trans kids I'll protect in my classroom if you don't get me fired. Thank you so much. <laughs> there you go. Um, and yeah, guys, just like as as usual, if someone is um, an anon writer or somewhat anon writer, just like yeah, don't don't out them at all. We want to keep this the safe space um, and not have interference in people's like real life jobs and such. Because remember, yeah. we're all doing this for fun. This is all fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. And for me, I am at Stitchcraft on Twitter. Uh, Bookmarked and Busy is on Instagram. Um, it's just where I go to post sort of updates and the occasional funny uh, related TikTok and the stories. Uh, follow geeky underscore waffle on Twitter where you can do fanfic Fridays with me. And I think that's it on my end well thank you for you know coming on and talking to me about yeah. natasha because now i have so much more understanding and that's why i love this podcast because i always leave <laughs> with something like new and I'm like cool so now i can go in to like if i rewatch any of this stuff with like a new understanding of the the show yeah if you decide to embark on watching age of ultron which why would you uh just go on youtube and watch the scene with laura and it's the only good part uh 
then you can message me and be like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I mean, so I, yeah, yeah, I did a rewatch recently and because um, I was, I was basically just going through and watching it all, but I think I might do it again. Like not, not a full rewatch, but I think I might watch that one with that context. Cause I'm yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go and see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cool. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for listening and uh, I will see you guys next week. Uh, again, thank you for coming on. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye guys. Bye.